One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and I'm here with my lovely wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. Hello. And we are fresh off the road from Fourth of July stuff, and man, we're feeling good. Yeah. We had a really great trip, and uh, 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 we're back. Right on. We are back. Back and better than ever. Back and better than ever. We got an exciting podcast. This is week four of the um, Advice to Comics segment, four of ten. We have that all mapped out. Very exciting. Uh, you know, and uh, I think most people are happy with what we're doing. I may be getting some mixed uh, reviews from people that listen to the podcast when I wasn't just giving advice to comics. They talking trash. They talking smack. Tell us so many lies. I know they're full of crap. That's okay. Haters gonna hate. Uh-huh. I'll play at Stinky's Joke Barn with them any day. They, they, they talking trash. You know, but I'm trying to mix in a little of both. I'm trying to keep it interesting for people who don't care about getting into comedy, but also people that do care about getting into comedy. But I'm passionate about helping people be better comics. This is a niche podcast, folks. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing this because I like doing this. You know what I mean? And uh, I just got back from Atlanta. Had a great weekend there. Um, but what do you want to do? You want to go? You want to go right into uh, where we've been? Where we're going? Sure do. Let's just jump right in. Where we've been? Where we're going? Where we've been? Where we're going? Where they gone? Where they been? Where they gone? Where, where they been? Where we're going? Where we've been? Where we're going this weekend? We're both going. I'm about to go to LA later today. Uh, just to do some stuff, and uh, but this weekend, uh, Hannah and I are both going up to Canada to see her family. Canada, oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love, with all our sons command. Yeah. No really gigs. Excited. No gigs. We're just going to visit the fam. Visit the family. Yeah. So it should be good. Yeah. It's my uncle's birthday and my brother's moving to China. Yeah. So very so exciting. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So we got a lot going. Going up to Peterborough, Ontario. Yeah. Hang out for a few days. Yeah. And then we'll be back. Yeah. Um, but the, where we've been. Uh, I did the Opry on Tuesday. I talked about doing it and then I did it. And uh, it was very fun. I had it was it was really good. I got twelve minutes this time. It was really fun, really exciting. I got to see uh, Lee Greenwood do comedy. This was July second when I was there. So two days before the fourth, Lee Greenwood was there singing. Um, uh, proud to be an American. Proud to be an American, which has always been one of my favorite songs. When I was a kid, I wanted that to be the national anthem. Really, I did. Yeah. It's a good song. We learned it in elementary school, and I've always liked it. I think it's really fun. It talks about, you know, just talks about the entire country all the way around, 
and how what great of a country we live in and uh, how exciting it is. And uh, I enjoy the song. But more, more, even more than that, I went up uh, two people before Lee Greenwood at the Grand Ole Opry. And Lee Greenwood was listening to my comedy. And he had very nice things to say about it. And he gave me his card. Yeah, he did. That was very exciting. So I learned this man's song in elementary school. And then I've lived my whole life, many, many years out of elementary school, knowing this song. And now this man also enjoys my comedy and gave me his card. Yeah. One might say his song is on your heart and now your comedy is on his mind. Boom. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So the Grand Old Opry is continues to be exciting. It's just fantastic. Uh, I get to see people and work with people that uh, I've listened to for a long time. And it's very exciting. So that was that. And it went well. I said last week, I said, well, I don't, I, I said, a part of me wants to just come on here and say it went really well, even though it hadn't happened yet. But I could have because it did go well. Yeah, but maybe if you had said it, it wouldn't have went well. That is true. I also want to address another thing before I keep going. Someone messaged me and said, uh, I'm sorry that you had a bad time in Hartwell. And I just want, for any confusion out there, I had a great time in Hartwell, Georgia. I had a wonderful time. I complained a little about the restaurant shutting down their kitchen, <laughs> but that was it. Oh, were they basing that off what you said on the podcast? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. But I had, I mean, I had a wonderful time. I stayed at the Katichi Resort Cabin. I did Katichi Dusty, Resort Dusty. It was very fun, a nice place. Uh, the school that I performed at, the theater, treated me very well. The people there were amazing. Uh, the audience was great. Uh, they, they treated me very nice after the show. People bought my merch. I saw Dee, the lady who choked out a bobcat with her bare hands. We took a picture together. Uh, I couldn't have had a better time in Hartwell, Georgia. So I don't want people to think I had a bad time. Yeah, you know how it is when you're hungry after a show or if you're just hungry in general and there's the promise of food and then you know it doesn't really work out, so you got to kind of mill about a town that you're not familiar with looking for food. I mean, it's just an event that you share yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. I was bummed that that restaurant shut down the kitchen because I wanted to hang with people from the show while also eating. Yeah. So I had to leave all the people that were at the show to go get food. Yeah. That's the only problem. That You know, the brewery didn't know that I didn't want cheese fries and beer. They thought, you know what, this is a comedian. He'll probably take the cheese fries, drink a bunch of beer. We'll have a party in here. He didn't know that they didn't know that I was a sober uh, person who's also become very health conscious. Yeah, very so, health conscious. Yeah, so uh, so it's not, not no bad reflection on Hartwell. But I have spent two weekends back to back in Georgia because this past week I went to Atlanta, Georgia, to the Punchline. And one of the very first clubs that I ever did as a comedian was Jerry Farber's Side Door back in 2012. And it was at uh, the Landmark Diner. Since then, the Landmark Diner uh, ha- it no longer has Jerry Farber's side door. It is now the Punchline. And they've expanded it. It's much bigger. It's nicer. Uh, but the sign outside is still the same. So I went there a second time in 2013 with my friend Evan Burke and Vince Faber. As I said last week, we would always do that 4th of July tour. And that was our last stop on the tour one year. And so we have a picture of the three of us out in front of that sign for the Low Country Comedy Tour that we did, July 6, 2013. 
I was back this week, July 5th through the 7th. So I was there on July 6th, 2019, six years later, with two different people, uh, Andrew Stanley and Aaron Weber. But all four of those guys, very funny. And uh, those shows were awesome. I got to see a lot of people. I got to see my my friend uh, Kenneth Decker that I grew up with in the trailer park. My friend Will Scarborough that I moved to Charleston, South Carolina. He he moved there after I moved there, but we lived together there. Uh, Ryan Moore, Derek Carmack, E.T., my dad, my stepmom, my sister. My dad came twice. My dad came to two shows. My cousin Kathy, her husband Van, my cousin Sherry. Um... Oh, man. My cousin Drew. So many people. A lot of cousins. Yes. There are other people, but give me a second. My my brain is suddenly clouded over. Kenneth? Uh, Kenneth, I did see. James Decker. Yeah. Uh, another James Decker, honestly, probably one of my oldest friends, if not my oldest friend. We were friends at a very young age in the trailer park, and uh, we had a lot of adventures together as a kid. Uh, I mean... If I ever get a TV show about my childhood, I want James Decker's character to have a real part in there because, uh, I mean, me and that guy, we did all kind of stuff together. We had a rope swing out in the woods. We built a little wrestling ring out in the woods. We filmed a wrestling VHS tape that I can't find, and if I ever find it, it's going to be the greatest thing that I've ever found. <laughs> and uh, my friend Costa was on that too. We, uh, we found it. We had a rock next to a creek out there. It was a gigantic rock. And we called it Big Rock. And people always would laugh about the name. They'd be like, oh, very creative, right? And then we'd be trucking through the woods, and all of a sudden they would see the rock, and they would go, oh, now I get it. Because it's not a mountain. It's just a big rock. It's very strange. Big Rock. All right. The thing about Big Rock, now is a housing development. The whole area is all all the woods have been bulldozed. Now you can go behind the houses into the woods. Big Rock is still there. But it used to be all woods. So we used to have a trail and we would go back down this trail and there was an old abandoned house on the way back. So you had to walk by this scary looking abandoned house. So we would go in there sometimes and it was like a, you know, felt like a ghost house. So we would go in there and you know, we'd get all freaked out and there was spray paint graffiti on the wall and we'd go get, you know, and then we'd walk on down the trail, eventually hit the creek, and then we'd uh, uh, go to Big Rock. That's sad that they've bulldozed a lot of the woods. I know. It is sad. But also maybe good for the development of Opelika. Maybe. But it's sad that that's gone because we used to have such a good time. I mean, our, we used to go back there. We'd swim in that waterfall. There's a little waterfall right before the for the Big Rock. and I mean, we would swim out there in that waterfall and dam it up sometimes and just play around and I remember me and my friend Costa, he may not want me saying this, but we, uh, one time we were out there and we got down in like our underwear and was swimming in the creek. And then we found this mud. We were little kids, but we put this mud all over us. Like, like we were, you know, like, you know, you watch National Geographic and you see the people that are out there, like, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what you would call them, but like people that live in huts. And they would have mud all over them. Yeah. So we were just doing that. We were like being those people. And it was a great time. Oh, I just remembered that another fellow who listens to the podcast that came to the show on Sunday. Who's wearing your shirt? Oh, Cody Avant. Yeah. Did you say that already? No. Okay. But he came. Uh, yeah, there, there were um, there were more people. I feel like there were 
more relative. Oh, Ted, Ted and Jean came. Oh yeah. I don't know if these any of these people listen to the podcast, but it's fun to give shout outs though. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. I met a lot of people. You know, when the last time I was in Atlanta, I was just in Atlanta in December. And I had a whole entire different crew of people that came, which was very exciting. And now some people came back. My cousin Drew came back for the second time. and It's um, pretty soon after. Yeah, it is. And uh, But, man, what a good time. I really like that club. Yeah, that was fun. It is a fun time. Yeah. You know, the shame of it, it's a shame that uh, the Laughing Skull and the Punchline are in the same city because I like them both. Yeah. You know? But um, but they've kind of got different things going on. They do got different things going on. But it's hard to do both, especially when you're headlining. I mean, nobody has explicitly said, you can't do this, you can't do this. But I know the deal in yeah. most cities, so I don't really even approach the uh, you know the topic. But it is a shame because I, I like both of those clubs. But yeah. the punchline has always treated me very well. But, you know, the Laughing Skull, doing that festival really helped me out a lot in comedy. So that's why it's just a shame that uh, uh, it is that way. But... It's fine. Are you okay? I I am okay. I'm crying, but I'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. All right. So we did that six shows. I did two shows on Friday, three shows on Saturday, one show yesterday. Then we drove home last night, and then I'm flying out later today. So it's been a. I don't know when this podcast will come out. I'm going to leave it. Whenever to, I get to it, yeah, I guess. I'm going to leave it to Hannah to edit. <laughs> but we are recording it on Monday. It'll be out by Wednesday. Wednesday is when it should come out. It'll be out probably on Tuesday. That's when we're trying to get things out by every Wednesday. But if it comes out early, if it comes out late, that's just how it's going to have to be. People say, you have to be consistent. And it's like, we're just not going to be 100% consistent. We're going to be pretty consistent. But life happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Life happens. Yeah. So, um, and I've done... um, uh, and so, let's see. Oh, and I saw my friend Chris Buck there. I saw uh, Willie B. Uh, very exciting. I'm just giving a lot of shout-outs. I'm just feeling it. But I haven't seen some of those people uh, in a long time, especially my friends that came up. I mean, I haven't seen them in a really long time. Will, Will it's been several years. But uh, if anybody's heard my mattress joke that I've been doing lately where I had a friend run over my mattress, that was Will. He ran over the mattress. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I used to party with all those guys, and it's fun, and, and, uh... Story time with Dusty and Hannah. You know, me and Kenneth had several adventures, too. Kenneth's always been a real strong guy. Kenneth, one time my my mom bought me these boxing gloves. She bought me two sets of boxing gloves. You saw Kenneth, pretty big dude. Yeah. And, um, he's always been big. He's always, I don't know that he works out. He's just always been a real stout guy, and, uh... We, uh, my mom bought me two pair of boxing gloves one year, and I put one pair on. I gave the other pair to Kenneth, and we were boxing. And Kenneth punched me in the jaw, and I don't think my jaw's been right since. <laughs> I quit boxing. I was immediately done with boxing. One time, I tried to eat a really big Reuben sandwich, and I dislocated my jaw, and I don't think my jaw's been right since. Wow. Yeah. You dislocate? Oh, jeez. I can't. Oh, jeez. What happened? Yeah, I can't open it all the way. It 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 clicks. Mine clicks too. I, yeah, maybe that's just what jaws are. I mean, I think a lot. I mean, like uh, Dan Whitehurst, uh, I guess, used to be a cigarette smoker, and now he chews Nicorette gum. Yeah. And he's been chewing it so long, he says that you know it's his jaw pops now, and he wow. and he showed it to me. But I was doing it too, and I was like, "Well, my jaw pops too." But well, like, look. 
Like it just clicks. Yeah. I know this isn't very good for audio, but. Yeah, I don't hear it. But hmm. mine clicks too, and that's what I mean. I mean, maybe they all click, or maybe we just all have riv- lived some rough lives. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it's like I didn't ever pay attention to what my jaw was up to until I feel like I messed it up. And then I was like, was my jaw doing this before? Yeah. I mean, you told me that you once ran into, at full speed, ran into a telephone pole. Yeah. And knocked yourself out. Yeah. Chipped my front tooth. Chipped your front tooth, thought you might have a concussion. Yeah. Well, I never thought I had a concussion until years later, and then I look back at my behavior in my adult years, and I'm like, maybe that telephone pole gave me CT <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny, talking about James, James that came to the show, me and James... We used to we kind of had a rivalry going with this giant group of girls in the in the trailer park. You know, when we were growing up, like we were friends, but they had these other girls that would come over, and when the other girls would come over, they would like come and like they came and tore up our clubhouse one time. This giant group of girls came and tore up our clubhouse, and so we had a rivalry with them. And one day they were riding; they were all on bikes. There was about ten of them, and it was just me and James out there, and we were out there throwing rocks at them. And uh, it seems awful, but. We were doing – that's just what we did all the time. We were always throwing rocks at each other. Uh-huh. And James threw a pretty big rock and missed them and hit me right in the side of the head. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's my, what you get. I know. I know. And my head was bleeding. And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I could have had that too. I mean, people forget, you know, when you're kids, you would fight with people. Like, I had brothers, so I always fought with my brothers, like physical fights and stuff like that. But I also remember one time I was at – um daycare and we were in the playground and this kid and he wasn't even in daycare he just lived around the daycare but he was playing in the playground and he was sort of a family friend so we sort of knew each other i don't know i got mouthing off to him and probably said i can fight you or something like that and i wrestled with this boy and he was like two years younger than me um but still stronger than me (laughs) and we wrestled and i always remember that fight because I remember while I'm fighting with him I'm like this was a bad idea <laughs> this kid is kicking kick, beating me up big time and but I just c- continued to fight with him and and I, that was the last time I did something like that yeah I mean I'm sure it's the same for both of us but like when I was a kid I mean we used to fight yeah. all the time we were fighting Yeah, and me and James used to fight all the time and uh we used to throw pine cones at each other for fun, you know, and sticks and rocks. And uh, I remember a kid scratching my face. He scratched my face up up around the side of my eye with his fingernail. Yeah. He drew blood with his fingernail. Yeah. I don't know if girls fought girls. I don't remember fighting any girls, but I definitely remember fighting physical fights with my brothers. Yeah. And then also other boys that I would get lippy with. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I had brothers, so I was sort of like, yeah, I'll take you. Yeah. And I never, never could. My my parents were divorced growing up, and I lived with my mom. But my dad, I'd go to my dad's every other weekend. And then the other Sunday that I wasn't at his house, he'd come pick me up and take me to lunch. And we'd go eat lunch, and then we'd go to Walmart, and he'd buy me a G.I. Joe. That was our thing. And um, But one one time he came and picked me up. We, me and James had built a clubhouse. We had a little clubhouse going back in the backyard. And it was very exciting. And my dad came pick me up. We went to lunch. Got the G.I. Joe, and then when we got back to the house, I wanted to show my dad the clubhouse that I had built. So I took him back in the backyard, and all of the wood was on the ground. Those girls that we threw rocks at had come down and completely torn down our clubhouse. Mm. I don't know if this was before or after the rock incident, 
I like to think it was before, and that's what caused us to throw the rocks at him. Yeah, because that makes you the hero. Right, right. And that's how I want to remember it. Uh But they also had a dog named Barney, and this dog was super big, black and white, mangy dog, had two different colored eyes, and that dog would chase us quite a bit. So could lead to some of my fear of dogs to this day. So we went to Atlanta. That was fun. And then before we went to Atlanta, though, we went down to Alabama. They're on the road again. Henning Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Henning Dusty are on the road again. Yeah! Speaking of dogs. Yeah, we went down to Alabama and... We stopped by on the way. My brother-in-law works for a giant cabinet company, and we stopped there, and he took us around back to the barn that he works at, showed us a giant showroom called Wellborn Cabinets, uh, uh, and uh, it was amazing. We really walked around there, 1,500-acre plot of land, 40-acre lake, uh, giant barn full of cabinets, pretty exciting. And then we went on down to um, uh, Penton, Alabama, Pennon, Alabama, as they say, where, where my dad lives. And, uh, and yeah, we went swimming and because uh, my dad has a pool. Very exciting. But they had, uh, between the dogs that wander up to the house that my dad keeps and protects and the dogs that my little sister has now, they had, what did they have? They had four dogs in a pen. They had one dog that runs around the yard, one dog that gets the freedom because there's a even though my dad's way out in the country, there's a pretty busy highway, state highway out in front of his house. So dogs get run over all the time there. So he has to keep the wild dogs in the pen so they don't get run over. And then he has a dog named Buddy. And Buddy is just a cool dog. And Buddy just roams around and he gets to be out of the cage. And then there's another little dog that they have that gets to stay inside. So that's six dogs. And then my little sister brought over another dog and then lulu yeah so seven dogs yeah that's the little dog that seven gets dogs go. two cats yeah There's a uh, lot of dogs they got horses cows actually i didn't see any of the cows remember we heard them but we couldn't yeah, find what was them going on with that i don't know but we went um and then we had a big fourth of july day where people came over and uh we gr- grilled uh you know hamburgers and chicken and ribs and hot dogs and all kinds of things and my aunt came i have an aunt that's 90 years old that's in her 90s she's my dad's oldest sibling and she's great she brought over these tea cakes that she makes it's a special recipe cookie called tea cakes and these cookies if you look at them you would think that is not going to be a good cookie but it's the best cookie that you're ever going to have and not just not just it's not just me that says that talk about these tea cakes a little bit i mean these tea cakes were the hit of the party they always are they upstage all foods all main courses all other desserts because this is what i I realized about about cookies or about sweet things because there was a lot of other desserts there and i tried them out but they're too sweet so you're, you're eating a bar uh, and there's too many chocolate chips in it. There's too much icing on it. And so you can barely finish it, and then you feel bad that you can't finish it. you know. But with tea cakes, they're just sweet enough, but they're not too sweet, so you, don't, so you can just keep on eating them. Yeah, and before my 
aunt got to the age she is now, you know, she has a fair amount of health problems now being being in her 90s, but people used to order them from her. She would just bake them for people. She made so I mean people love them. She brought me she she came over with a, a Tupperware uh, of them, a big Tupperware thing of them, and then my own bag of them that I immediately put in my car so that no one would get. And me and Hannah, I mean, that's a big bag, and we only have two left. Yeah, we've been Hannah. munching on them. Yeah, we've been feasting on them over the weekend. And these tea cakes are just amazing. My Apparently, my grandmother used to make them, but my aunt has changed the recipe and perfected the tea cake. Mm. And I... Uh, I'm sad to think that the tea cake may, you know, that may be gone one day. Is she not telling anybody the recipe? I don't know. Huh. I mean, maybe, maybe my my cousins know. Yeah. But who knows? Huh. All my first cousins are much older than me because of because my dad's the way youngest of his family. So, as I said, my granddad was born in 1900, and then wow. he and then he had kids. He had all of his kids. During the amount of time that people would normally have kids, you know, 20s, 30s. And then when he was 47, suddenly they got pregnant with my dad. So he's much younger. So therefore, I am way the youngest of my family. So, but one one day, on the last day, me and Hannah went riding around on this thing called a Polaris. That's the name brand of it. People call it a side-by-side. It's like a little ATV, like a souped-up golf cart. And we went riding around. I got some GoPro footage of it. I'm going to try to post that. But I got so much dang footage I'd like to post. But I've just been on the go so much I have no time to be editing things. But um, we went riding out through the woods and through the pasture. And we went into this one woods where it had rained a lot the day before. And there's a creek. So we crossed one side of the creek. No big deal. And then we're out riding around in the woods. And then we come across this other thing. And we get stuck. And... I'm like, dang, we got stuck. And there's no real phone signal out there. I'm wearing sandals. Yeah. And suddenly I got pretty good signal, a decent signal. I called my dad and I was like, hey, we're stuck. And he was like, well, it's four-wheel drive. He goes, try that first. He goes, that's a pretty rough spot. He's like, and after it rains, you're probably going to get stuck. He said the four-wheel drive might help. So we put in four-wheel drive and immediately got out of it. But then we had another creek to cross right away. So I go to cross that creek. Buddy is with us, the dog, and Buddy's just in the water. He's gotten out. He's having a little mud bath. Yeah, he, he was riding in the Polaris with us, and then he got out, and he's in the water. And then all of a sudden, on the opposite bank of the creek, there's a snake right there, right? And it's and it's either a black snake or a brown snake, right? It was coming for us. If it's a If it's a black snake, harmless. But if it's a brown snake, it could be really dangerous. It could be like a water moccasin, as they call it, and it could be very dangerous. And this thing, it cocks his head back, and then it comes right at us. But we're in the Polaris, and I'm like, Hannah, get up. And we jump, because she th- and Hannah thinks I'm so f- afraid of snakes now. I mean, it was a small snake. Listen, it does, it, small relative, but all I'm saying is, I'm not being, a, I'm, I've never made it a secret that I'm afraid of snakes. I mean, I mean that's in the Bible. You kind of have, though. I haven't, I haven't really seen well, you it's talk in the about Bible. snakes. It's I, the, I heard you talk about dogs. It's the first animal that is referenced that is uh, a bad animal. Yeah, and, and 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 they also will kill you if they bite you sometimes. Yeah. See, you know, my ignorance sort of was making me calm. 
Yeah, I was like, I didn't really know snakes were that dangerous. It came right at us and went under the thing that we were on. So I didn't know what was about to happen. I didn't want to get out in the creek now and get stuck and get bit by this snake. So we jumped up and I had Hannah get in the back of it. And then I drove on across, and it was fine. But as but we it was t- sitting right under the Polaris. It was waiting for us to yeah. make a move. Yeah. So had we gotten stuck and needed to get off, we could have got bitten. And then, so then we get out of there, and uh, and then we go home, and it's fine. And then we drive to Atlanta. A couple of days later, find another tick on me. Oh yeah. And this tick was not in a good spot. Mm. It was in a, it was in a quite a weird place on my body, and. Uh, where was it, Dusty? Where, well, it was at a place on my body that there's a word that rhymes with tick, and that's where it was at. Hmm. I had a tick on my... You get it. Okay. <laughs> you know okay. I mean? And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of jokes on Which like is it. so weird because now that, you know, Dusty and I have been together for a while, when we go out to the country, we know that Dusty's going to get a tick. I mean, they just love him. I don't get ticks, but they really like his blood. So when we, you know, got back to the house, I checked him all over to make sure he didn't have any tick on him. You know, we we got to Atlanta. I checked him all over, checked his hair, checked everywhere. There was no ticks. So we said, okay, there's no ticks here. And then three days later, damn. This tick was lying in wait. Yeah, it was just there all of a sudden. And it's just sort of like because of the placement of it, you got to think you're going to go pee every couple, like you're going to go pee during the day. You're going to be looking at that area, you know? So how do you miss it? What is the tick doing that it just suddenly appears? And then Dusty said, oh, maybe it was crawling around you, which is disgusting. But I mean, I guess that's really the only, unless it just kind of, unless it's really small when it latches onto you and then grows in size or something like that. Maybe they start out see-through and then they... And then it was just they down grow. there. It just down there doing what ticks do. And <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> they suck blood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I'm not gonna go there, but a tick was sucking your. Yeah. Oh. It was. It was, and I didn't like it. Oh. I didn't care for it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, I killed that tick though. Yeah. And then, uh, so... Use my eyebrows tweezers, actually. I did, yeah. Better better clean those up. So, we did that, and then then let's talk about some food on the road. Food on the road. We had, uh, like we said, we had the tea cakes. I meant to do tea cakes in the food on the road segment. I forgot to do it, but we had... Uh, tea cakes. Uh, we had uh, Jim Bob's in Lagrange, Georgia, which is owned by my friend Curtis. He wasn't there, but we had some Jim Bob's, and we went to um, we had chicken and dumplings one night that my stepmom cooked. And then we, uh, I was going to talk about. I don't know if did I talk about this. I went to this uh, Mexican place with Aaron, and uh, I ordered a bean burrito, and I expected it to be uh, beans in there. Yeah. But it was like a refried bean paste. Yeah. And I cut into it and it just like kind of scored it out like bean. Yeah. Did I talk about that? Yeah. That was gross. Yeah, that wasn't this trip though. No, no, it wasn't. Where did we stop anywhere else on the way? Do we have any Went other to Jim Bob's? Jim Bob's, yes. Um No, that's We it. didn't really eat out this whole trip, did we? No. We saw the Abanda Cafe. 
which is where we'll go oftentimes. So if you're ever in a band, Alabama. There's a new strip club coming here. There is, yeah. Dad's area. Yeah, we drove by. And there's a uh, a bar that's like sometimes open, sometimes not open. I've never been there. Uh, it's in a weird location. It's called the Milltown Center. Milltown is a little town right there called the Milltown Center. And uh, as we drove by, there was a little marquee out there, and it said, Now Hiring Dancers, Male and Female. And I didn't think much about it, and then I pulled up to my dad's house, and his friend Eddie's there, and he's like, you see the sign down there? And then, and it was like, then we laughed about it for a while. And he talked about how him and my dad are going to get jobs down there, and they're going to do the senior citizen night. And Yeah, coming out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. All right, so now we have uh, Advice for Comics Week 4. Advice to Comics. Are you ready? Yes. So this is my, uh, and if you haven't been listening, say you just tuned in this week and you didn't read the title of the podcast. This is week four. Season two. Week four. Season two. Of this series where we're going through, we're going to do a ten-part series on um, becoming a comedian. So we're going from not doing comedy to doing comedy. And then we've done, so far we've done how to get started, becoming better, slash making friends, and then week three was to keep working, and now week four is getting booked locally. So I'm going to begin, and I've, I've uh, written these things down, and sometimes I can't read my own writing, but, you know, bear with me. And, and, and Hannah, if you have any ideas and like to add anything, please do. I'll pause in between. Here we go. Week four. Season two. Getting booked locally. By now, you've been doing comedy for a little while. Lots of open mics. You've hopefully hopefully started to develop five to ten minutes of good, solid material, as well as made good relationships with other comics on the scene. A lot of times, the next natural progression is to be booked on local shows, whether this be independent shows or clubs you probably would love to see your name on a poster or in a newspaper article. I still have my first comedy poster. I still have my the first newspaper clipping from the first time I was mentioned in an article. It's exciting. It means something. And I want to help you get there. And I do want to help you get there. I didn't just write that down. I mean it. Most of the time, if you're working hard on your jokes, you are getting laughs, and you are... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's start that over. Most of the time, if you are working hard on your jokes, you are getting laughs, and you are not making enemies on the comedy scene, you will be, in, you will be getting invited on the local shows. Does that make sense? Yes. But if you are not, let's find out why, and let's try to fix it. All right. First, get out of your head about it. Like, if you're not getting booked, get out of your head about it. Chances are people don't hate you and things aren't as clicky as they seem. Even if they are, thinking about it won't, won't get you anything but bitterness. Let's find out what you're doing. Are you being consistently funny? Ask yourself that. Be honest with yourself. Are you being outrageous? Are you walking the audience? Are you making the audience laugh or just the comics? Are you improving? Are you making friends? Depending on your answers to these questions, you may want to go back and listen to the first three episodes. Remember, 
you are one. Oh, okay. Let's start over again. We're we're doing well. We're having a good time. Okay. You look bored with me, though. And no. when you look bored, I feel like the audience is bored. I'm sorry. Are you having a I'm good time? I'm not bored. <laughs> it's early. Yeah. Remember, your one and only goal should be to work on becoming a really good comic, not trying to reinvent the wheel. Don't write crowd work jokes or jokes where you leave the stage or where you do a character that's supposed to be funny because you're not funny. That kind of thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Don't do that yet. Learn the basics first. Also, if you've reached out to a club and asked to be booked, and then they gave you advice and you didn't take it, then you can only blame yourself. Once you become a headliner, start selling out, then you can go wild. Write all your crazy ideas down. Keep them for later. But for now, just focus on getting good the regular way. Now, let's say you're doing everything right and are just being slighted. Let's fix that. Start going out and supporting shows that you aren't on. Sit close and laugh. Don't ask to be put on the show. Just be there. Sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. People don't think about you because they don't see you. Be seen supporting. Share the shows that you're going to on social media. Bring your friends to see other shows. Make it known that you can bring something to the table. I know people that get booked solely on the fact that they can bring out a bunch of people. Some cities have shows that are called bringers, and you do them, and then you bring your A-game. Either way, either you want to do this or you don't. If you want to, then figure out how to make it work. It is art, but it's also a business. Don't get so caught up in being a quote-unquote artist that you forget that your goal is to make this about this that your goal is to make this your job or at least a successful hobby. Being funny and letting and getting laughs is important now and is the most important thing. But you need stage time. In order to truly become good at anything, you must practice, practice, practice and then practice more. But the only way to practice comedy is to do it, and you must do everything you can to get stage time. You are not and probably never will be the best that you can be at comedy. And that's the exciting thing, is you always can get better. Just when you think you've written the perfect joke that you'll never stop telling, suddenly that joke becomes less funny because all the jokes around it are now more funny. I book a show, and I have booked a lot of shows. The things that will keep me from booking someone, uh, if you uh, repeatedly up, upset audience members, uh, if you're too dirty, and I don't mean cussing. Cussing's fine with me. I don't care. But just being super gross and weirding out the audience will keep me from wanting to book you. Being too political, too ranty, being sexist, being racist, being homophobic, slandering religions, all these things. Now, this is not true for all shows. But I'm just saying, on my show, I just want you to be funny. I, I, I'm not trying to put. I'm trying to put on a comedy show and not give you a platform of some kind. Does that make sense? Yeah. I will book people that are not that good yet, if I know they are trying and are nice people. I will also book people if they are continuing to support me, but only if I also know they're trying. Getting now, this may not be true for everyone. You're going to find people that'll book you no matter what. But I'm just saying, uh, the people that I know that are trying to book good shows, I mean, a, a, a big part of it is, you know, if you want to put on a good comedy show, you need an audience. So if you keep booking comics that just make the audience upset, then 
uh, you're not going to have a good show for very long. And I've, I've just heard of a show recently that was canceled mid-show because of some of the stuff the comics were saying. <laughs> um, getting booked at your local clubs are similar. Be supportive and be seen being supportive. Be nice to the staff and tip well. Email the club and ask for opportunities. Don't be annoying, but email like once a month and be honest where you're at. If you've never performed at a club before, let them know. If you have 10 minutes clean, say that. If you have a video to prove it, send it in a YouTube link that is not private. Don't make the booker jump through hoops to watch your video. Just send a link that they can click on and watch. That brings me to the final point. Get yourself a video. A video is so important to getting booked. If you can't get booked locally, video yourself at an open mic doing well and send it to people in other cities and send it to clubs. There will be more video talk as the series goes on, but get a real camera and not a phone. The moment I pull up a video and I see that it's from a phone, I'm immediately turned off. I'll still watch it, but I'm immediately like, just get a camera. You can get a small handheld digital camera for like 200 bucks. If you're broke, save $10 a week for 20 weeks and make it happen. No excuses. Get it done. Film every set until you get a good video, and then keep filming every set. Get used to filming your set. That way it's not weird, and it doesn't make you nervous to film it. When editing your video, don't leave the host in introducing you. Just have the video start with you beginning to speak. Make sure you get laughs within the first 30 seconds. My advice, don't post every video. Only post the good ones. I know some people that post everything they've ever done. Don't do that. You can do it if you want. My advice is to not do it. All right, this is a recap. If you aren't getting booked, work harder on your jokes and stage presence. Make sure you aren't upsetting the audience members. Be supportive of comedy shows on the scene and local clubs. Be seen being supportive. Bring friends to support as well. Be good audience members and customers. Always be nice to the staff and tip well. Get yourself a video. Let your local club know you're around, but don't be annoying. And if all else fails, start your own show, and that will be what we talk about next week, how to successfully start your own show. And if all goes according to plan, I'm going to have a friend come in, and we're going to interview him. Uh, He started a lot of local shows in the area, and I'd like to get his take on that, and that will be Connor Larson. Hopefully, I'll have him on next week. And then I'm going to be interviewing Rick Roberts. For sure, in the in the future, Rick Roberts teaches a comedy class, and I'd just be interested to hear what he has to say. He also has a podcast called um, School of Comedy Podcast. I think that's what it's called. I just wanted to say with the videos, because uh, I've been working with uh, Bill in Arkansas, the owner of the Grove Comedy Club, and um, he just... He just uh, is doing a comedy competition, so he had all these people send in video submissions. And I didn't, like, I wasn't choosing the people that got into competition, but he showed me everybody that was coming through, and so I watched some of the videos. And from the perspective of, you know, watching comedy videos, I can't tell you how much difference a good video makes. Uh, as opposed to a bad video or a phone video. I mean, it immediately makes you think that this comedian's going to be good, especially if they have good sound, good good, uh, good audio, good, good picture. I mean, it really does just help the viewer 
to watch it better. And absolutely. And uh, I can't impress upon comedians enough. If you don't have a good video, that should be. If you're in your first three years, that should be the number one thing you want to get because especially us traveling a lot and going to other cities. I mean, even if you just know someone, it doesn't really matter if you know one person, maybe you can get on their show. But if you want to get on a couple different shows, you can't just expect to hop on shows. Even if you know someone, people want to see if you're good. They don't want to put you on a show if you're bad. And if you have a good video that you can throw up on the Facebook group of that city or that you can give to your friend in that city and they can shop it around to different people, it really helps to get you on shows if you have a good video. And, you know, a lot, I just know so many comics that just, they're like, oh, I need a good tape. I need a good tape. And yet they just don't have one. And they're like, well, I don't have a camera. Well, then buy one. I mean, the cheapest camera you can get is 150 bucks. And, and you, it's just like, don't go shopping for a couple months. Don't drink beers for a couple months. Just save up $150 and buy a camera and then tape every set that you do. Yeah. I mean, so much of it comes down to, do you want to do it? Because whenever someone tells me, oh, I can't afford a camera right now. I mean, I'm just like. It's just such a lame excuse right. because I get it. You can't afford it right now. Okay. So that's a goal because they're really not that expensive. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not. I, I know 150 is is tight for some people, but you can save that up over time. Don't buy that coffee for a couple months. I mean, just save up. It's 150 dollars, right. and what it's I'm like saying. I have a hard time believing a lot of comedians who drink and smoke all the time can't afford it. It's yeah, like you can't afford it. Ten dollars a week for 15 weeks yeah. gets you that camera. Yeah, and it's like that. You know, if you go to Starbucks and get a regular coffee, the cheapest coffee, it's 225. So if you do that five days a week. I don't know. That's over 10 bucks. That's 11 bucks, right? So buy, I mean, you, you know, you just, just And let's say let's make, say you have let's say you have a tape, right? But you're not getting into festivals. Clubs aren't emailing you back. It's probably not a good tape. Yeah, you got to get a new tape. Get a new tape. And yeah. maybe maybe your comedy's just not there yet either. I mean, that's something to take into consideration. Sometimes it's like if no one's biting, maybe take a year off from trying to get into that club or trying to get into that festival. I mean, sometimes you can get seen too early and you're just not ready. I mean, have faith. Just work on your on your craft a little bit and then come to them a year later when you have a new five and you're more confident on stage. And try to get a tape where it's you doing comedy about who you are a little bit. Have a little bit of who you are in there. Because even if you're like a super edgy comic, right, you don't know who's watching your video. Someone could be watching it that's not into edgy comedy. It could be hilarious. But I'm just saying try to keep it simple on the video. Tell a little bit about who you are. Try to keep it as clean as you can, even if you're not a clean comic. Just try to have a five-minute decently clean video. Well, the other thing that I noticed uh, working for this competition is uh, I was sort of in charge of trying to like find comedians to ask them to submit to the festival and stuff like that. So, so many people were sending me names of people to check out and stuff like that, right? So I would go to their Facebook and I would look at their profile and me knowing the taste of the of the club owner bill and then i would just read on their facebook profile like nasty comedian who poops out jokes out of her coochie like it's people so many comedians have that kind of presentation for their brand like there's so many people out there that are just their facebooks are just a mess of like this kind of 
I don't know, filthy brand. And well, I mean, if you are that person, okay. But it's a real turnoff to serious club owners that, that want a, a product that can be enjoyed by, you know, blue-collar, regular Americans. Well, yeah, and just anybody. I mean, just in general. I mean, it is a job. And at the end of the day, professionalism usually wins out on jobs. Now, yeah. all this goes out the window if you have viral success or you're famous or, or you know, if you know someone listening could be at a whole different level and be like, what are these idiots talking about? And it's like, it's fine. If, if you don't need any of this, I'm just talking to people specifically that are trying to have success and are not having success. This is this is my advice on on and, and, and Hannah's as well as is getting yourself out there because you know it's not about. I mean, your goal can't be to become famous. Your goal has to be to become being a working comic, and then you know whatever else happens happens. But your goal needs to be. I want to be a really good comic. And the best way to become a comic is to perform more. And the best way to perform more is to get those opportunities, and I'm trying to help you get the opportunities. Yeah. So get a good video and clean up your Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and the, um, you know, and getting a fan page is not a bad idea. I mean, it's not a bad idea to build that, and, and, and then that way you can, you know, if you you know, want to rant on Facebook, you at least have your, you know, your comedy page. Yeah. But, you know, don't do anything too early. Just uh, just enjoy yourself. It's all about fun. It is fun. I had such a great time in Atlanta this weekend. It was so amazing and uh, just amazing. And uh, I noticed that uh, uh, someone from the – I posted a picture on my Instagram about – I posted the one from 2013. And, it, yeah, and I just said the punchline. But it, it wasn't the punchline in 2013. It was Jerry Farber's side door. But it's uh, uh, still the same sign out front. It's the same building. Same building. And it was, yeah, it was, uh, as they pointed out, it was 125 less seats uh, back then. But I had a great time. And it was Thank wonderful. Thank you to Marcy. Thank you to Marcy. Thank you to everybody that works there. And, 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 and the people at the Landmark Diner are great. Oh, Joel Byers came. I forgot about... Uh, uh, Joel Byers coming, and uh, so many people. It was a good time. It was amazing. It was an amazing time. Now, Hannah, what's some music you've been listening to? Well, no, you know what? Let's do comedy first. These are the comedians we like. I want to I do comedy. Now, Hannah didn't have anything, and I couldn't find a bit. I wanted to play a Jeff Foxworthy bit, but I couldn't find it. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm not going to play this bit, but it's so funny. Uh, under, on on uh, I may play a little bit of it just so you can hear what this guy's voice is all about. But it, uh, I'm not recommending all of his comedy because this is a very old school guy, and you're not going to you're not. It doesn't matter. Like even I don't like it all. I'm like a lot of it is mainly story stuff, and it's just like. It seems a bit cheesy after a while, but this was, you know, this is 1975 is when this was recorded. And it's Jerry Clower, and it's called Bird Hunting at Uncle Versi's, right? And it just starts off a little like this. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I want you to listen to it on your own on Spotify. Bird Hunting at Uncle Versi's. Well, I done met more folks out there in Hollywood 
I was out there the other day, and one of them MCA record executives said, Jerry, I sure would love to go bird hunting. I said, what kind of birds? He said, quail. I said, man, the best quail hunting. Maybe I'll just play the whole thing. All right. And the whole world is in southwest Mississippi. We set up the date I met this big record executive in Jackson, Mississippi. He landed in the big jet, got off, had his hunting clothes on, looked like little Lord Fauntleroy. I don't know who that we is. We got in the car and got on Interstate 55, went on down to Route 4, Liberty, Mississippi, to the beautiful Versi Ledbetter farm. I drove up in his yard. I said, excuse me just a minute, sir. Let me tell Uncle Versi we're going to be hunting on his place. I went in. Uncle Versi is so glad to see me. Oh, Jerry, God bless you, son. Look, you seven, eight covers of birds between here and the road. Boy, I hope you kill a bunch of them. Welcome, son. I said, thank you, Uncle Versi. I started out of the door, and Uncle Versi said, I'm going to have to ask you to do something for me, son. That old Della, my mew, made 30 good crops with her. Veterinarian was out here yesterday and said she's dying. And she's suffering. Not just couldn't stand to see him put her to sleep yesterday. Jerry, would you shoot her for me? I said, yeah, Uncle Versi, I don't like to do it, but if she's suffering, I'll shoot her for you. He said, you just go ahead and shoot her and go on bird hunting, and me and the boys will tend to her late this evening. On the way back to the car, I said, I'm going to have me some fun out of this Hollywood dude. Okay, it comes trouble. I got in the car and I said, you know, that old scoundrel told me I couldn't hunt on his place. Good as I've been to him, he's told me, no, get you in that Hollywood city slicker away from here. And I beat the dashboard with my fist and I scratched off and throwed rocks all upside of his house, got on down the road about 100 yards, and that was old Della grazing. I slammed on bricks. I said, uh-huh, I'll show that old rascal. I grabbed my shotgun. I jumped out. Boom, boom, and down old Della went. Graveyard dead. And just as I, just as I turned around and looked over to see what the dude thought, I heard three shots over there. Boom, boom, boom. I said, fella, what are you doing? He said, that old fella upset you so bad, Jerry. I killed three of his cows. <laughs> oh, man, that is such a good bit. That makes me laugh every time, every time. That's really fun. I like playing that. Did you enjoy that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I liked your reaction. I think that was my favorite it's part. It's such a great... You know what? I'm going to play one more thing. Uh, I don't know why my, my, my phone seems broken now. Dead is a graveyard. Uh, I'm going to play... This is, a, this is another one of my favorite jokes. Um, this is by Steve Martin uh, from 1977. Uh, this is this is one of my all-time favorite jokes. Steve Martin, 1977, off the Let's Get Small album. I'm depressed. <laughs> nah, it's just... I guess I'm kind of thinking about my old girlfriend, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we were together about three years, and... Uh, Sometimes when I get on stage, I kind of think about her because, uh, you know, she'd travel with me and I'd be up here performing and I could 
hear her laugh and kind of meant something to me I guess I guess I kind of miss her and uh, she's not living anymore so you think that's funny I guess I kind of blame myself for her death um we were at a party one night, and uh, we weren't getting along, we were fighting, and she began to drink. And she ran out to the car, I followed her out, and I guess I didn't realize how much she'd been drinking. She asked me to drive her home, and I refused. We argued a little bit further, she asked me once again, would you please drive me home? I didn't want to, so I shot her. <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it right in half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I that's guess your favorite Steve Martin joke. That's so that's so my favorite. I love that joke. <sighs> it's just so good because the whole the whole setup of the joke is he's just being serious. He's being very serious about a thing, and he's getting laughs all throughout the joke. Uh, without ever really having a punchline because he's just delivering it slow and yeah. he's hitting it and he's and he's waiting and he's giving the audience time to laugh. And it's like he's doing that so calm, whereas the opposite of Jerry Clower, so much of Jerry Clower's jokes, if you listen to more of his stuff, is about the way he says things. He's so Southern that he's from Mississippi, and he's so Southern that the way he says things is funny. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad says he remembers Jerry Clower as a uh, fertilizer salesman, and he used to come to his town and sell fertilizer. And he would be in there, and he would just start telling stories. And people from off the street would just come in to listen to Jerry Clower's stories. Wow, that's a different time. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and uh, all that stuff's just really funny. And Steve Martin, I mean, that whole album, Let's Get Small, is really great to me. I talk about it a lot. That's one of my favorite comedy albums in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that particular joke I just think is really funny because it's just, you know, classic misdirection. You know, I mean, he really sets you up. To think that she died in a car accident. But in reality, he says he shot her. Yeah. Which he didn't, obviously. And in the same way, I don't think that Jerry Clower's friend shot three cows. I don't think anything in that story even happened. Yeah, probably not. But I think it's hilarious. And then, uh, so music. Uh, I want to talk about this. If you have something to add, I'd love to hear it. But if not... We'll be riding wild fire. Uh, I've been coming out to, uh, while I was in Atlanta, I came out to the song Georgia on a Fast Train by Billy Joe Shaver. And if you haven't listened to that, it's a very country song. And uh, I used to, I remember when I was a kid, I would make fun of this song uh, because it was so country. And now I'm like, it's one of my favorite songs. Um, But I'm just going to play a little bit of it. And uh, just so you can get an idea of what it's all about. That's not the version I want to play. I don't know what that is. Here it is. Country and rocket.
All right, now. <laughs> and uh, if you never heard that, there's an album called uh, Tramp on Your Street uh, by Shaver. Um, and uh, it's got George on a Fast Train, Live Forever, Good Old USA, Old Chunk of Coal, all great songs. Uh, check that out. Very funny. And uh, we talked about Lee Greenwood. And now, um, Hannah, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I don't have anything. I'd like to play, in in, in light of, of um, uh, 4th of July just happening, uh, which is the birth, uh, birth of our country, um, or, or my country, and uh, your country now. And uh, I just... Um, this is uh, one of my favorite America songs is by Ray Charles. And I remember the first time I went to New York City. Not the first time. I went to New York City in 2015 for Last Comic Standing. I was wearing I was living in Nashville. And I was wearing cowboy boots, and I remember I had my headphones on, and I was walking around New York City listening to this song, and I just really enjoyed it. I'd like to play a little bit of it, and I'd like to end the podcast this way, playing a little bit of this song. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I hope uh, that the information helps you. Please send any questions that you have. I'd love to answer any questions. I didn't get any questions from people last week. But if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. And uh, I'd love to help any way I can. Um, And uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, we're having a good time. Okay. Anna? Nothing oh, you. sorry. Yeah, we are having a good time. All right, well, anything from you. I well, I thought it. usually you sign off. Well, I'd like you to sign off a little bit. Okay, you know, I, signing off, I Hannah want, Hogan. I want, you know, I want people to hear you. Yeah, signing you're, off. Because you're fun, and you're funny, and you're, uh, you know, uh, we your voice needs to be heard on this. Signing off. All right, here we go. Ray Charles, America the Beautiful.
Ray Charles is good, right? Oh, yeah. We're having a good time. 